This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer. I'm happy to be back with you folks at this time. The Lord is blessing. The Lord is gracious unto us all the days of our lives. And he's given us this opportunity to bring you the gospel uh, on the Old Trailblazer broadcast. Little old poor country boy the Lord picked up and saved and gave me this broadcast. And uh, the Lord's blessing it, one here and one there, uh, telling me and how the Lord saves them. And then folks are being blessed by the old-time, old-fashioned gospel. So we're happy to be back with you at this time. We're bringing you a study or a series of studies now on uh, blood redemption. We're starting off on blood redemption in the Old Testament. And we saw there how that man was created, the Lord created Adam and Eve in the garden there. They uh, broke God's law and sinned and uh, listened to Satan. And uh, we saw now where they had hidden themselves in the bushes, run down there in the thicket, and began to pluck off the leaves off a tree. Some folks say fig tree. I don't know what kind it was. But then we saw where the Lord called them out and said, Where art thou? In our last study, we saw there where Adam said, I was naked. I hid myself. And the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And it's always been the way of a fallen man to blame somebody else. Fallen man justifies himself before everybody uh, and everything that he ever does. This reveals the wickedness, the total depravity, the darkness, the wretchedness, and sinfulness of the human heart. And I realize that many folks, maybe you won't hear that, won't have it, that man is totally depraved from the womb and goes astray as soon as he be born, speaking lies. Let me give you this fact. In the case of a true Holy Spirit conviction, you will always find the reverse to be true. That is, a sinner cries, it is I, Lord. It's I. It's me, O Lord. Like the old song we used to sing when I was a child coming up, uh, it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It is I. I have sinned. I'm to blame. I tell you how you can tell quite easily if an individual has ever been shown himself what he is and who he is by his conversation. He'll quit blaming the other fellow. And I know over the period of time and here and there, I see folks, hear folks, even under the sound of this gospel, who uh, give me or I hear them bragging in a con- conversation with, I was, I was this and I was that and nobody didn't step on my toes and nobody didn't. Those folks never, they've never taken the blame, my friend. God's child who's been awakened says, I'm to blame. I'm the one who ought to go to hell. Did you know that ever born again believer, I believe in a measure, some to some degree or other, realizes that he ought, to went, he ought to have gone to hell. And if he had gone there, he would have said amen to his own just condemnation. It's not my wife, Lord. It's not my brother. It's me. It's me. He takes the blame, justifies God, and justifies everybody else. Here, Adam faced two facts. Let's look at what he faced. First, he did not know himself. Second, he did not know God. Therefore, instead of taking the blame entirely upon himself, he threw it upon God. That's all a poor old soul can do. 
There are two facts that every sinner is ignorant of, regardless of whether he's in the pulpit, the pew of the world, whether he sits in a theological chair of the president's chair, or whether he's a drunkard on the street. Every sinner outside of Christ is ignorant of himself and is ignorant of God. Oh, my friend, listen. Man is in an awful condition. He has, he has lost all. Here was Adam. His position, his condition was terrible. He had lost his dominion, his dignity, his happiness, his innocency, his purity, his peace. And the worst thing of it all was that he stood there accusing God of being the cause. Now, my friend, what a sad state of affairs that you, that you, uh, tell me you want to be saved, and yet you will not take the blame. You blame me for your condition. You blame your wife, your husband. You blame the school principal. You blame the, the, the president. You blame the police chief. You blame somebody instead of taking the blame, falling at the feet of Christ. Lord, it is I. It is I, Lord. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. My friend, it would be easy to blame someone else. It is easy. It's easy to just blame someone else, justify yourself, and go on to hell for your trouble. When God shows a man himself, he takes the blame. Oh, listen, here old Adam stood there, lost, ruined, guilty, and yet all that time he was justifying himself and accusing God. And that's the reason, my friend, you're not saved today. You're not saved tonight because you stand there accusing God of being to blame for your condition, and he's not to blame. No one is to blame. And we used to, when I was a child, they said no one's to blame but number one. That's you. That's you, my friend. That's me. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. I know, I know that folks have a way of turning things around to where somebody else's fault the old prodigal son there, after he left home and got hit the bottom, he could have said, you know, my dad ought to told me not to come to this place. My dad ought to not let me have them goats and sheep and camels. He ought to not let me have those things. But he did. He t- instead of that, no. Later on, he took the blame, didn't he? There are two things, I believe, at least two things, that must take the place in the salvation of every sinner. One is the revelation of God himself and his redeeming love, and the other is the revelation of man and who he is. Now, let's look at the second one first. We must come to see ourselves. We must come to see ourselves. First, there must be Holy Spirit conviction that reveals to man all of his vain, empty, boasting, blasphemous reasonings. Man must come to know himself This comes only by revelation. While man was hidden behind the trees there in the garden, clothed in his apron of self-righteousness, God unfolded to him his wonderful plan of redemption. Through substitution, through the bruised seed of his son, it was the guilty conscience that drove Adam behind the trees in the garden. It was his guilty conscience that terrified him. It was the revelation of what God is, redeeming love through a substitute that brought peace to a troubled soul. Get this truth, my friend, if you get nothing else. 
The reality of what I am is met by the reality of what God is, and that is salvation. When the poor soul comes to see himself, you come to see yourself, and I know it takes grace to do this. I know it's a miracle that God ever awakens a sinner. I know. I know that. And I also know from reading and studying the lives and histories of the old Puritan preachers back there in the early years, 1700, 1600, back there, I realized that men, there were many, seemed like a many who were awakened and saved. Many of those vast uh, meetings where men, uh, the Holy Spirit flooded those places like a, like a, like a, a cloud, and men began to repent. And turn to the Lord. We don't have that anymore, do we? Oh, we have those great old so-called televangelists now, and, and evangelists who who used to go out on the football fields in the in the uh, uh, different towns and attract a big crowd and give an invitation, and folks would would uh, come down to the front. They call it and get some literature and all those. Even that's gone now. Why? A lot of it's because our preachers are so. Uh, so high-powered now, they wouldn't stoop to going down in a football field. Now they get a television uh, audience of, of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and they have these great uh, auditoriums that seat 30,000 people. And, my friend, now now we don't have the old-time parsons who rode a, a horse or a mule for miles and miles to preach to eight or ten folks. They wouldn't stoop to do that now. No, sir, not now, my friend. But back there in those days, we had men who were dedicated, like like John Bunyan and uh, Whitfield and A.W. Pink and, and uh, different ones. I could name you half a dozen of them. And we have those books here in our bookstore, my friend. I wish you'd call and write and get a, a catalog of our book. We call them the old Puritans. They said, well, why were they called Puritans, Trailblazer? Because when they came here because of persecution over there in different countries, they came here for religious freedom, and uh, they preached the pure gospel. They preached that man is a sinner by God's word. They preached that Christ died for sinners according to God's word. They preached that man must repent according to God's word, and they preached the, the raw gospel. What is the gospel? That man is a sinner. That's the gracious part of the gospel, and that Christ died for sinners. And we're looking at that. But blood redemption is a secret, my friend, if you will, to salvation. It's only by and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we saw that there when the Lord delivered the Hebrews out of the Egyptian bondage. He did it by blood and by power. Every home had to be hidden under the blood or the uh, avenger, the death avenger would come by and strike down every firstborn of every home. But when the Lord saw the blood, he said, i pass over. I'll loop, leap over the door and take that blow. And that's what happened. That's what, old Treblazer, the Lord took my place. The Lord took that blow. I should have been slain back there. Oh, but I was under the blood. We have a song here, under the blood of Jesus, safe though the ages roll, safe though the worlds may crumble, safe though the worlds may fall. We, I don't know all the words to it. But we have it on tape if you'd like to have it. And it's uh, a gracious thing. Under the blood of Jesus. It's only, folks don't won't have the blood now. I have folks write me and say, I don't want your bloody religion. And I have folks write me and say, you old stupid fool, you ought to preach John 3.16. I do that. 
I do that. Christ died for sinners. And, uh, but my friend, uh, as a rule, folks won't have the gospel, will it? Folks don't have the old trailblazer. I'm preaching out there to folks that could be listening by the hundreds of thousands. One here and one there is listening. I appreciate you listening. And that's the reason I asked you to write me and let me know where you're listening. And folks are doing that. And then I asked you to help me with the broadcast. I know there's not much truth going on. And yet it's all in God's hand. It's in the Lord's hand. But the Lord has given us this little broadcast here, the Voice of Truth broadcast on Sunday. The, the ministry here that we give out at the First Baptist Church of Algiers, and uh, just just to get out the gospel, perchance that one might be saved, one here and one there. You know any lost folks? You let me know. We pray for them. You got sick folks? We pray for them. And if you would uh, tell others about the broadcast, if you will, holler over the back fence, or if you're out there in the highway or Kansas somewhere plowing, when you get home. Listen to the trailblazer on your air conditioning tractor out there on the on the field. Tell others about the broadcast if you will. And remember, my mailing address: the old trailblazer, Post Office Box eighteen ten, Walker, Louisiana seven zero seven eight five. And my website: radiomissions.org. I'll give you my phone number in our next message. Goodbye and God bless you. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the Old Trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad, or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.